The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Now, before we get started, Mike. Hey there, John. Okay, just, just I got a quick story for you. All right, right, right before we get started, so I, I want to tell you this. So when I graduated from college and I got a degree in real estate and I worked in real estate, I also had a really big heart uh, for hospital work and, and the hospital visitation. Did not know that. No, I did. And I, I've always felt a big, a big heart connection to that. Like, like whenever I really retire, I, I think I'd like to do hospital visitation. My dad used to do it as a, oh, as a pastor. It's and like I, a pastor's heart. right? No, there. no, I really, yeah. I really do. And so what I did was for, um, in 1994, it was a long time ago for one year, I volunteered one night a week at Honor Palmer Children's Hospital. Oh, really? I did. And so every single Monday night, I finished my job downtown Orlando, and then I would drive over to the hospital, and I, I worked there at, at a desk and helped out uh, with the staff there and, and did that for one year. It was a really good experience. And one of the things about it is um, I saw a lot of sick kids, and yeah. um, I saw a lot of uh, joy, and I saw a lot of sorrow. You know, people would say to me, like, oh, you... You work in that children's hospital, those babies are born, that must be really wonderful. And I would just sort of smile and nod and say, yes. At the same time, the reality is that sometimes the kids didn't come home. And so I really I really saw both, right? And mm-hmm. so in my heart, uh, I've always just had a special place for that. And with that in mind, man, we have a guest today who is all about that, all about everything I just talked about in a deep way. And that's our friend uh, uh, Casey Baines, who's the founder and executive director of Casey Cares Foundation. Casey, are you there? Gentlemen, thanks so much for having me. We are so thrilled to have you, and thank you for all the wonderful work you're doing. W- would you mind, just for our listeners first, just tell us a little bit about what is uh, Casey Cares Foundation? What is it you guys do? Yeah, Casey Cares, I was able to create Casey Cares over 23 years ago, which is hard to believe. What we do at Casey Cares is we step into every critically ill child's life from the time they're diagnosed throughout treatment. And even if the family loses a child or the child is in remission, we step into that family's life and provide them little moments and lasting memories. So what does that mean? What that means is we come in as the favorite aunt, the favorite uncle. We always have something up our sleeve for exactly what the child needs, when the child needs it. We also include the moms, the dads, the brothers and sisters. Because when a critically ill child is diagnosed in the family, the ripples of that diagnosis are felt throughout the entire family. So we don't just send the sick child to the concert, their favorite rock star, but we send the entire family to go to the zoo or to go enjoy a night out at dinner. Or maybe mom and dad just need a night away, or maybe they just need to get out and play some golf. We're there to give those families, those little moments and lasting memories, because sadly for some, this will be their last family moments together. Well, Casey, that is unbelievable. And and when you're saying that, part of me goes, wow, that must be so fun and cool. Like, I mean, if you called me and you said, hey, John, there's this kid in Orlando, and could you go buy him some uh, Incredible Hulk toys and go there and see him, give him the Hulk toys and play with the Incredible Hulk, I, that's an easy yes, right? That sounds so fun. But then if you call me two weeks later and say, hey, that kid passed away, oh my gosh, I, I mean, that would be, 
heart-wrenching. And so when I hear you say what you're saying, it's like there's such a joy and beauty in what you're doing, and yet you're also choosing to step into sorrow and, and grieving. Casey, that's, that's a big deal, right? Well, it's like many people, I guess their journey is you never really know where you're going to end up. And when we started this, um, Casey Cares in 2000, we started it because I was in a hospital volunteering, just like the experience you shared at Arnold Palmer, who is one of our partners. And was volunteering, and this little boy wanted to meet a race car driver. And I'm pretty uh, aware of, of the sports world and had some connections. I was like, I can make this happen for this little boy. Well, the day finally came. There was so much hoopla. The race car driver came in in his suit, the hood of his car. It was off the charts. Only to hear a little voice in the room next door say, I wish I had cancer. Maybe I would get cool stuff, too. And at that moment, I became obsessed because no child should want for cancer. He didn't want cancer. He wanted something or somebody to say, wrap their arms around him and say, hey, buddy, we got you. We're going to do this together. And that's what we do at Casey Cares. We take care of the individual spirit so that our amazing medical world can take care of them from a medical standpoint. Because there's so much research out there that says if you improve the spirit, then they will have better and more positive outcomes. And that's what all these families want. I mean, it's, I can't imagine what these families have to go through wondering if this is their last holiday together, if this is their last weekend together or their last vacation. It's heart-wrenching. You know, Casey, I've seen this go both ways. I've seen families who had a child that was terminally ill, lost the child, and then the child, the family has, has moved and thrived and is helping and doing things. I've seen their families that's gone through it and the family really kind of ended when, when the child passed. Like, so I've seen it both ways and uh, you are so spot on that to step into that space and provide that wraparound resources, it's not just, well, it absolutely could help the child's life be extended. It absolutely is going to make the kid's life better but it also can extend and give a bigger capital L life to the entire family. And that sounds like that's the big one you're talking about. Is that right? Oh, it is. And you know what? I mean, you know, our service to other people isn't always easy or convenient or pleasant. You know, you talked into stepping into these lives. We are surrounded with so much sadness. But at Casey Cares, we have this strict rule with all of our volunteers, no tears. No tears. We're going to focus on the good and step in because these families really need us to lift them up. We lift them up at home when their immune system is too depleted with movie and pizza nights. Or we lift them up when they're in the hospitals and provide them with new pairs of pajamas, not just for the sick child so they can get out of that yucky hospital gown, but also for the siblings or mom and dad because we want to try to make this environment as fun as it can be. It's all of a sudden transformed into a sleepover. And when the child is better and feeling good enough, then we're going to send them out into the community to enjoy the aquarium and all the fun things that we have to offer here. So it really is a journey, and that's so wonderful for us as an organization because we get to know each and every one of our families. But as you said, it's also heart-wrenching to see these families suffer, and everybody's response is so unique, and we really try to cater what we do for our families to each and every one specifically. You know, it's interesting, Casey, when you first said no tears, I kind of, that kind of pushed me back a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, but now I kind of get it. I think what you're saying is they have enough tears, right? It's not like, it's not like they don't know what's happening. They already have enough tears. Like 
They don't need somebody to come in and say, oh, I'm so sad and let me cry. They've done that. You're trying to step into this other space and allowing them to have some more levels of life. Did, did I get that right? Absolutely. I mean, we were in the hospital doing a hospital visit um, probably six months ago, and this little girl dragged me to the side. She's nine, and she's all excited. She's like, are you going to come to my princess party? It was her birthday. And, um, you know, giving me all the details. And I was like, oh, that sounds like so much fun. And she said, um, and I get, and I was like, you get to wear a princess dress. And she's like, yeah, but she, don't tell my dad. It's going to be like my wedding because he'll never get to dance with oh, me sheepers. Come on, at my Tessie. wedding. That's and, wow. Uh, you know, I mean, that's why there's no tears. Because just like you said, there's so many tears in their lives that we just rally behind them and pick them up. And we're going to help them enjoy these little moments that will provide those lasting memories. Like that father will always have that memory of him dancing with his little girl at her 10th birthday. That is unbelievable. Mike and I are going to go run out of the studio now and drive and go find our daughters and hug them. <laughs> like that's just so, <laughs> that's just so powerful. You know, it's funny. Uh, when, today when my, is not forever. That's for sure. Well, you got that right. I, when my daughters were little, I used to do the laundry on Saturdays and there'd be three, three stacks. There'd be the whites, the colors and the pink dresses. And it was all one the big thing. And so that, that, that princess phase is so precious and for you to be there and be a part of it helps celebrate that. And you're right. The deeper part of that lifelong memory, so powerful, so powerful. Okay. So you've got to take a break in just one minute, but, um, any other sort of big picture on the why that you do this? I had a very interesting, you know, as I spoke of, a very interesting path to get to where we are today at, at Casey Cares. I was actually graduated college before I graduated high school, and everybody had all these great uh, things that I was going to do and accomplish and achieve. Um, and it was as I was running my family's logistics company that I realized from volunteering that life is a mission. It's not a career. And I really found so much comfort in choosing the right yardstick to determine how I wanted to measure my life. And that to me was service is giving back to the community and supporting the people who need um, what they can't get on their own. And um, it's just been an amazing path. Um, to, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, find your passion and really work towards that. And that's awesome. And yes, do it. But sometimes that passion is really just a side hustle, right? Sometimes you need to do some other things to enable you to follow your passion. And I'm just very, very fortunate to be able to do what I do uh, for as long as I have and to get to know and to really embrace and embody um, how I've been brought up and to bring that to others. Well, that is really powerful, really powerful. We're going to have to take a quick break so Mike and I can cry for the next 45 minutes. No, we're going to take a quick break and then come right back uh, with Casey Baines from Casey Cares Foundation. She's the founder executive director. We'll be right back at the Crossman Conversation. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world to people who are impoverished? Oppressed and persecuted, Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. 
I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Once again, here is John Crossman. Back at the Crossman Conversation with my guest and my friend, Casey Baines, who's a founder and executive director with the Casey Cares Foundation. Casey, um, you know, the work you're doing is obviously so meaningful and purpose and it provides joy to children and who wouldn't love that. But it's also hooked into this really sad part, which is what you were talking about earlier is that, you know, sometimes we lose the kids, right? And, And even in... If we don't lose them, there's a lot of um, misses in life that like not being experienced some some normal childhood things. So some people listening to this case, you might say, I don't want to hear anything about that. I don't want to do anything with that. That is so sad. I don't want to hear about it. Why should I care? My kid's healthy or I don't have kids or I'm a grandparent. My kid's grandkids. Why do I need to be aware and have concern about those kids? What, what would you What would you say to somebody who was thinking that? Because you never know when it's going to be your kid. I started Casey Cares in 2000, and I, at that point, didn't have any children at all. I now have three children, and in 2012, my daughter started chemo, and she was on chemo for over two years. That's why, because you never know, because you never know when you're going to be in the position to help somebody else or when somebody you are desperately going to need somebody else's help. I was very fortunate to be educated in the space of having a critically ill child, but it's not the same when it's not yours. It's so much different when you can fly in and help. And like I said earlier, is provide the smiles, provide those great big hugs and those encouraging words and lifting people up, whether it's so they can meet their most favorite athlete that they look up to, or maybe it's somebody who they really, really enjoy being around and want to spend a special meal together. But when it's your own child, it rocks your world. And so that's why people need to do it. They need to do it because if they're looking to grow as a person, you know, we have all these talk people are so focused on on human fulfillment and the the basics of that are physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually balanced. 
and getting involved in an organization like KP Cares and lifting up and helping others, or maybe your passion is to help, you know, the older population or animals. It may not be easy, but I promise you, it, it doesn't really matter what you do and how you get involved, but how you feel doing it. And it will provide you such an amazing feeling, even though it is so, so hard. You know, Casey, um, uh, so when I was volunteering at Arnold Palmer all those years ago, there was a woman there that was a, a salaried employee, and her name was Momi, and so I would help Momi with the job I was doing. Ten years goes by, maybe longer, and my oldest daughter was having a health issue, and it, we didn't know what was going on. And so, you know, when you were there as a parent, it's pretty scary. And would you believe we walked in Arnold Palmer, we're kind of freaking out, don't know what's going on. By coincidence, who greeted us there? Momi, Right. And so in that moment, 10 years later, she knew exactly who I was and, and hadn't seen her all that time to get that hug and have that reassurance and everything did work out, you know, that was a big deal. And so I think there, there's a real truth to that. The other thing is, and I, and I really felt like you're uh, touching on this, is that, you know, when we think about having mental health crisis in America and like, what does it mean to have depression and, and anxiety and these different issues, one of the ways you can help beat those issues down is by serving others, right? Like someone might be listening to this and they're like suffering with depression and not realizing that the, maybe the cure to depression is the volunteer for Casey cares or Arnold Palmer or some other organization that's working with kids that are suffering. That may be the flip in the switch that makes them healthier by volunteering. Is that true? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, service is the purpose of life in my world. And, um, I think that if we can all focus on doing small things with great love, that's that's the key. And I think that some people really get caught up on uh, they want to help, right? An, or an organization like Casey Cares, like oh, but I'm not wealthy. Oh, but I'm so busy. Well, guys, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, truly, we can use time and expertise and talent. We can use help remotely. We can use help with engaging us with your networks. It can be a $100 donation. It doesn't need to be a $10,000 donation. The, the beauty is, is that when you support a well-sought-after organization like Casey Cares that's been around for 23 years, that has all their information out there, you can see that the donation that you make will go directly to support the mission that you want to help. It's, it's not that hard. The barriers really aren't there. Most times the barriers are within ourselves, being afraid, being afraid of like, what does this mean? Am I going to be sad? Is this going to bring me down? Um, none, none of that from my 23 years of experience is true. It will just uplift you, like you're saying in your experience as well. So when somebody's thinking about, um, hey, all this is cool and I, I want to help, but I don't exactly know where to start. It seems to me like one way to start is, you know, do some research, right? And then another way is to simply, you know, write a check, give a little, give a little bit of money, right? Like 